Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Pitchside with Toby Reynolds, a Sports Gazette podcast, where each episode we take a deep dive into a new sporting topic with a new guest. I'm your host Toby and this week I'll be joined by Sam Brady to discuss MMA and the underrepresentation of the sport within the British media. Sam is the Combat Sports co-editor at the Sports Gazette and is also one of the hosts of the Sports Gazette's combat sports show Punch and Pod. Throughout this episode, we look at the strength of British MMA right now, how it was snubbed at the Sports Personality of the Year Awards, and whether a Netflix-style documentary might help improve the popularity. I'm uh, I'm now joined by Sam. How are you, mate? Oh, mate, I'm I'm brilliant. To be fair, I'm fantastic. Yeah, um, I I'm I was just saying I'm I'm really glad that I'm finally on on someone else's podcast away from uh, away from my own stuff. So gives me gives me a a, a bit of pre- pressure off me today asking the questions. I, I can just sit back and relax. Very much so. Yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit about MMA, your your speciality or one of your specialities. What was the first thing that, that got you into MMA? So, yeah, so I started watching MMA around 2014, 2015. I think a lot of what a lot of people as well, probably like me, got into MMA when obviously the notorious Conor McGregor was, was coming through. And I, I feel like a lot of fans fell in love uh, with sort of MMA and, and, and the UFC because of him. What that would make me what 13 years old, probably watching uh prime prime mcgregor i don't know if a 13 year old should be watching the ufc at that age but he hooked me in and then um yeah i've watched it ever since then really so what probably like eight years and then i did a bit of mma training for about four or five years um so yeah i've just i've fallen in love with with it since then really and and since obviously 2014 2015 i've seen the the progression and the growth massively really so yeah definitely yeah when you um with your MMA training, did you find that that helped you 
to find an even bigger interest in the sport because I always find playing a sport gives you a different type of understanding that really helps. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because I would watch fights and know sort of what they're going for, or, or because especially MMA where you've got so many different technical aspects to it. You've got the striking aspect, but then also you've got the ground game. You've got submissions. So if you've trained MMA, I mean, you don't even need to train MMA for that long, really. But if you've trained, if you know the basics of MMA and 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 sort of you can watch the fighters and, and say if you're watching a fighter on the ground and you can see, okay, he's going for he's going for an arm bar, he's going for a rear naked choke, he's going for a submission before it actually plays out. So it gives you more of yeah, that that aspect of you know what you're watching, if if that makes sense. Whereas it I mean I mean, you can you can watch UFC and MMA and never trained in your life and have a really good understanding of it. But as you said, I think in in any sport, really, if you play the sport, it does definitely give you like uh, that that insight in, into into the sport. On the on the technical aspects you mentioned there, the sort of striking grounds. What are the kind of difference for for some of our listeners who maybe haven't watched MMA or any of the UFC stuff before? Yeah, so MMA and and the UFC and and there's obviously a lot of other promotional MMA companies, but yeah, so the MMA is basically. It's a mix of, well, it's mi MMA stands for mixed martial arts. So it's a mix of basically every technique, combat sports technique you can use in MMA. And you can use all of those techniques to some, to win. There's a couple of ways of, of winning a fight. There's obviously the striking. So that, that brings in sort of the elements from the boxing world of, of sort of the jab and the cross and, and sort of the technical side of, of striking. And you see a lot of fighters who are predominant, predominantly just strikers. If you are going to be an MMA fighter, you, you do need to know basic ground game. But, but you see a lot of fighters just come in and they are predominantly strikers um, and they tend to win their fights through knockout or TKO when the ref uh, steps in. And then obviously you've got the ground game as well and, 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 and vice versa really where you get a lot of fighters also who are predominantly just just ground fighters and and not that great technically striking but again they need to know basics of of striking and they need to be able to to hold their own if they want to reach a high level and then on the ground this is where it really gets technical because there's so many different martial arts that are that are on on that goes to the ground and and that can be used there's judo there's brazilian jiu jitsu um there's loads of others and then obviously through learning them um you you learn sort of the uh, arts of of submissions and and there's there's loads of loads of different submissions um yeah i could go into into loads of them and and then obviously the defense as well you need to know how to defend those submissions so when inevitably every fighter will end up on their back at some point but it's how you deal with someone pressuring you and wrestling you and holding you on the ground and how well do you defend sort of the submissions and how well is your takedown defense because that's the thing every every round starts on the feet so if you are a striker then every round is going to start in your favor but if you're coming up against an amazing uh, ground game specialist and uh, who's got an amazing takedown record, they're just going to take you down constantly and constantly and constantly. So it's about 
knowing how to defend the takedown for a start. But then if you do get taken down, how to defend submissions and you've got arm bars, you've got um neck cranks, neck chokes, you've got knee bars, you've got you've got all sorts really. Um the only thing you can't do is uh 12 to 6 elbow, which if if people don't know what that is, if you if you're thinking about a clock, 12 and 6 is is literally vertically down. You can't elbow uh straight down. You have to angle it, which has caused some controversy of, of sort of how you really judge judge that and, and see score that in the moment. What else can't you do? You can't you can't grab the cage with with your fingers. You have to sort of just sort of hold yourself up. You can't um kick kick in. Let's just kick or punch in the um crotch area. Let's just say that um you can't knee one one big one is you can't knee a grounded opponent. So uh, this actually happens more more so than you you'd probably think just because of the fine margins between it we just had um we just had this scenario there and in the last UFC event UFC 297 where um Arnold Allen actually an English fighter um he he lost his fight but there was a bit of controversy over uh, basically a grounded opponent is when an opponent has at least one hand on the uh on the octagon floor and you you can't knee an opponent in the head um when when they have that so yeah there was a bit of uh controversy over over that um, whether whether Allen had his hand on the ground or not um but yeah um there's loads of different aspects to to MMA really and and that's the thing um it, it sort of as i said at the start it sort of brings every element of combat sports into one uh one one fight and 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 really it is who the the start of the UFC, Dana even said Dana White, the president, even said himself, they set it up as a competition of who who is the best fighter in the world. Is it this this a boxing guy or is it a sumo wrestler? Mate, you should have seen the first ever UFC events. You had like and, and we might touch on it in a in a bit, but you had sumo wrestlers coming up against boxers because at the start they didn't know how to regulate it, how to what the rules were. So you had two hundred pound sumo wrestlers going in there against like a hundred pound boxers, and 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 it was just so unregulated. But the basic fa- fundamentals were who's who's the better combat sports athlete. So yeah, on the technical aspects, is there sort of one of one of the techniques known sort of to to dominate another is it almost sort of like if you're a bit heavier you want to be more of a striker or, or vice versa or is it different for weight classes as well not really i mean traditionally some weight classes have fallen into sort of stereotypes and sort of and you get it in boxing a lot where the heavyweights traditionally are known as just sluggers who who are just strikers and don't really wrestle just because of how big they are but in this new era, which which we might touch on, especially with Tom Aspinall, we are seeing a new generation of of heavyweights who are sort of breaking the barrier of what it means to be a heavyweight. And and I think really the way I've always looked at it is to be a top level MMA fighter, you have to be you have to be brilliant in or or good in all levels of 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 MMA all aspects of MMA I think you can't really I mean 
the only way you can really be a high level athlete and is and and focus on one element like the ground game or the striking is if you're a high elite level in that area in that specific area like for example Khabib for example he's considered one of the goats uh, one of the greatest of all time and he was majority just a wrestler and he was he would just wrestle you didn't really entertain the striking and would just wrestle you and 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 submit you and he he just focused and focused and focused on the wrestling so over years he got amazingly good at wrestling to a point where okay he didn't really strike but he didn't really need to whereas you look at john jones for example who is he was widely considered the greatest of all time. He is um he is sort of great in all areas. He's great in his wrestling, he's great in his striking. He's he's that that John Jones, I think, is probably widely considered one of the greatest of all times, not just because of his fights and, and his record and what he's done what he's done in this era and, and different eras and dominated different eras. But how good he is in in all aspects in his submission game and his striking game, and when you face a fighter, and this is why I always say the best fighters are the most well rounded fighters because when you face a fighter like that, the unpredictability and the training you need to do in all aspects to know what what you're going to be hit with when the cage door shuts, I think. That is that is that is one thing where it puts those fighters apart from the rest. I think you can look at fighters like Leon Edwards as well, who who we'll touch on, who he's just great all round. He's just he's got great submission, he's got great takedown defense, great striking, and he's just a great all round fighter. And I think he exposes a lot of other fighters who aren't as well rounded as him. So yeah, to to, to answer your question. No, there's not a there's not a one game plan of of how to win a fight, but it in my opinion, the more well rounded you are, the better the better you are really. Now, so MMA started to become proper sport in the twenty twentieth century, um, and UFC in the nineties was one of the was now probably the biggest MMA um, promoter. In uh, in two thousand and one, the Fatita Fatita brothers, yeah. uh, Frank and Lorenzo, alongside Dana White, who you've already mentioned, sort of bought UFC. Um, was there a noticeable change in UFC from the sort of nineties when it was a bit more amateur, maybe to to what they've done now? Yeah, I think Dana Dana White and the Fatita brothers wanted they they looked at the way the UFC well yeah the way the the UFC was being run. Um, and sort of the promotion was being run and they wanted to sort of make it a more publicly acceptable um, sort of promotion and sort of event. They wanted people to sort of look at MMA and and sort of respect the sport and give it the credit it, it deserves. Because we saw in the 90s, as I've already mentioned, the promotion before Dana White and the Fatita brothers came in was just it, it was human cockfighting and it wasn't good and, and it wasn't a good look for MMA and the the rules weren't really regulated there was no weight classes uh, for any of your listeners I, I would highly suggest to go back and look at the first 
ever sort of UFC fights. It it was an absolute joke, really, to be honest. And th- and this is coming from a guy who loves the UFC. Um, so yeah, when Dane and the Fatita brothers come in, came in, they sort of looked at the promotion and looked at MMA, and they basically had to just build the business from the ground up. They had to. I saw a clip the other day of sort of they didn't even own the rights to UFC.com. They had to call the website a different thing. They basically just had to build a business from the ground up. And even at the the first early years of when they came in, it still was a little bit of a mess. And the the rules were a little bit um, sort of all over the gaff. But then when they brought in, they started to bring in personalities and, and and fighters like like Tito Ortiz and like Chuck Liddell and sort of build storylines and build rivalries. And I think that was the sort of first phase of getting fans interested into the sport. I think look, you could you could have gone down the approach of sort of ed, trying to educate people on the art and the technique of MMA. But I think that original sort of uh thing to get and to grasp uh fans in is to sort of just get the personalities, get the rivalries, and then we'll, and then we'll sort of look to educate people on actually the sport of MMA, and then, and then as we've seen gradually over year, over years and years and years, the level of competition is just like nothing else nowadays. I mean, if you go back and look at fights from from as you said when they came in, sort of the early two thousands and even probably from like 2000 to 2010 to 2010 onwards, I truly believe those are two different eras of the UFC. Just the the first decade and the second decade. I mean, honestly, the competition is is to another level. And then as we meant as I mentioned before, when McGregor came in in sort of 2013, 14, 15, that obviously took the UFC onto another spectrum which it, it i don't even know if they they were prepared to sort of the media attention and the coverage the sport would get at that point um but yeah yeah i think at the at the at the start when when they came in it was just all about changing the perception really that the public had was it just the fact that bigger personalities have come in in the sort of since 2010 that was the major difference i mean conor mcgregor as you mentioned probably the biggest name within MMA and UFC, partly because of of UFC, and he was obviously known massively for that. But also, what he's done outside of it has almost drawn more attention to UFC. Do you think? Yeah, I, I also think as well. As I mentioned, the the level of competition has just gone up. The the um more the the more diverse in weight classes that there's been more weight classes added. Of course, the introduction of women uh, fighters into UFC has brought brought in a different audience and um Ronda Rousey obviously being being the first woman to to come in and she also I think changed perceptions not not just even from uh, a side of female fighting but of fighters in general where I think we, there was a lot of people looking at sort of um women fighters and and sort of personalities and and then Ronda Rousey came in and and just smash through all barriers really that um she she that that was sort of uh, set from the public's perception but yeah i think as you said when mcgregor the the the, the mcgregor factor and then the rousey factor and then you know the, there was just a lot more 
want a lot more personalities to sort of grow the sport and to gain fans. But also these personalities were very good at fighting. They were amazing, high-level athletes who just dominated their divisions within the time. And I think when, from any fan, if you watch something that's never been done before, you're always going to be you're always going to be gripped and, and you're always going to want to watch what plays out. And I think a lot of people were sort of invested in the UFC in sort of the early 2010 era because they we we wanted to see where the UFC would would go from from sort of the early years to to where to where they were starting to go because they were really starting to 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 grow their brand exponentially. I mean, the tour they 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 went on with with Jose Aldo was something we, we've never seen before. The McGregor Jose Aldo world tour before their fight they went to brazil ireland um america like and i think yeah mcgregor sort of pushed them into a route where they they were gradually getting there but i think mcgregor sort of um fast-tracked them to to that place and um yeah and i think Back then, and back then it was sort of Dana White and the UFC would focus on the personalities and, and would sort of build their financial year on sort of these personalities and the events they put on around these personalities. And and also you had top level opponents as well, like 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 the likes of Jose Aldo, who hadn't lost in 10 years before before McGregor, and you had the Ronda Rouseys and and you had the Bispings and and you had a Luke Rockholds and you had all these fighters who were just from were just from different regions as well. The UFC was globalizing. It was it was getting it was scouting different fighters and uh, and this is where this is where I say where we we sort of saw a different era where yes they were looking at the personalities but they were also high level high level fighters. Um, and then obviously um, uh, a fighter like Conor McGregor doesn't help your business, does it? So definitely not. Yeah, I mean, since then MMA and UFC has, has continued to grow. I mean, particularly in Britain, the the strength of British MMA is is probably one of the strongest it's been at the moment. Leon Edwards, the sort of welterweight champion, and, and Tom Aspinall, who's the interim heavyweight champion. Why do you think UFC has grown so much over the last sort of few years within sort of Britain? Yeah, well, I think it's been brewing for a couple of years now, actually, to be fair. I think, obviously, we had the first ever English champion, um, Michael Bisping. Um, and then I think Leon's been on the cusp for, for quite a few years now. Um, he's been in and amongst those, those uh, rankings. And then, um, as you said, Tom Aspinall as well. But I think it's sort of the high-level gyms we, we have in England now. We have Tom Aspinall, obviously, fighting... Um, out of Atherton in in Manchester, and then we have Leon Edwards, um, up in Birmingham, and then uh, of course, um, someone we didn't mention there, we we have Paddy, uh, Paddy Pimlet and and Molly McCann also fighting out of Liverpool. So I think we're sort of seeing the 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 vast amounts of variety in the gyms we we have in England now, and and um, sort of also. The opportunities that I think um, that these English fighters are, are getting, I, as I said, 
um the, within the UFC and 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 a lot of other promotional companies really you had a lot of american based fighters and it was predominantly just an american sort of sport that didn't really touch the uk shores but it's 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 been here it's been here but it just hasn't had the recognition it hasn't been in the spotlight whereas you see over in boxing boxing's been a massive sport within the uk for years and it's always been in in the media spotlight and and that is that is predominantly because of the sort of uh uk personalities and the english personalities with ha we've had in boxing and not just the fighters the promotion the promoters as well and the promotions the, the likes of eddie hearn and the frank warrens and then obviously the fighters like joshua and um sort of the historic fighters like david hay and, and tony bellew and, and then you go back to like the, the likes of lennox lewis and stuff but historically we've had massive boxes from from england and not not really that many mma fighters but i think that is also because of how new of a sport mm mma is and how new sort of these organizations are let's not forget the ufc only turned 30 last year so i think the opportunities have been limited for these english fighters to really make a name for themselves on the on the top level competitions within within mma but now they're getting a, a chance we see a we're, well we're in a, a a real real golden generation of, of english fighters now I, as you said tom aspinall in the heavyweight division interim champ potentially lining up a fight against arguably the greatest of all time john jones which if that fight were to happen i mean it would take a it would take English MMA onto a, another level considering Tom, an English fighter in, in Tom would be fighting the greatest athlete we've ever seen within the UFC. I mean, that 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 just that just personifies how much English MMA has grown, really. And then obviously Leon Edwards defending his belt twice this year, really... Um, really putting his his name out there and as as one of the greatest welterweights we we've ever seen i think he's really now putting a resume together where we are going to start to put him in the conversation of the michael bispings as the the pioneers for for english mma and then obviously paddy um is a young fighter coming up as well so um yeah lots to look forward to really within english mma I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How much of a, of a factor do you think the media is for the 
lack of promotion of, of UFC? Yeah, look, I've I've always had a problem with the sort of the perception MMA and even boxing really, but MMA specifically gets within the English media. I think the English media, especially this the, the year just gone, have have really well the past couple of years really have, have picked and choose what to promote and what not to promote. And the the problem that I have with it is. We're seeing a golden generation within English MMA at the minute, but it won't last forever. Tom Aspinall and Leon Edwards will eventually lose their belt. So we need to celebrate these athletes while they're still in their prime, while we can. And I think MMA within the English media, because because of maybe, and the UFC, because of maybe the history it's it's got, of as I said, the early years of it weren't great, and and they're still maybe feeling the effects of of sort of the reputation they have. But I think the media has has a job to play in that as well. Though we need to promote these English fighters, we need to start recognizing MMA and the UFC as a serious sport. And um, the UFC is one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing sports company right now in the world. It's broke in 2024. It broke in 2023. Sorry, the UFC broke countless records. Um, for instance, the top five um pay per view events at Madison Square Garden, a a a venue that has a history of boxing events. The Knicks play there every week. Top five pay per view events are all UFC events. So I think the way the English media, especially, sort of um sort of push over mma and don't even mention it as as if it's not even a sport i think it's i i don't really get it to be fair and i think look leon leon edwards defended his belt twice last year once on once on home soil in the uk bringing an event bringing a numbered event back to london since michael bisping he's actually surpassed George St. Pierre, who's considered one of the welterweight greatest of all time, he's surpassed his winning record. Um, so I think, and, and we just had Sports Personality of the Year last year, and he didn't get a mention. He didn't get a nominee. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, how? He's defended his belt twice this year. He's the the first ever English uh, champion since Michael Bisping. How, what, what, is sufficient enough to get a nominee. I mean, I, I I really don't get it. And then even Tom Aspinall, he 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 became the interim champ last year. He didn't get a nominee. At least one of them should at least be nominated. Because if we're not if we're not celebrating our English um athletes, then what is the point of of sort of the um the award? I mean, look like every credit to um to Mary Earps, I think, who won it. And, and we need to promote... And, and it's the same with, with women's football. And, and uh, we need to be an advocate for these sports who don't really get the recognition that they deserve, really. And, and all credit to Mary Earps and, and, and the other nominees. But I just don't get what Leon Edwards has to do to sort of get a nominee. What else does the guy have to do? And again, I think if pe- people won't also know that the stuff Leon Edwards has had to go through as well if you don't follow the UFC that that well but 
in his last fight, he came up against a fighter called Colby Covington, who is known for being very controversial. He's known for saying the things that people won't say. He's known for crossing the line that people wouldn't usually cross. And for people who don't know about Leon, he's he's had a very tough upbringing. He, he lost his dad when he was very young in, in gang violence. And he came up against a guy who, who Colby Covington, who used that as as a weapon to try and get in the get in the head of Colby, uh, get in the head of Leon. Sorry, and and the mentally taxing sort of um, barrier that Leon would have had to get over in order to go in there and dominate Colby in the way he dominated him, and and not look phased at all, and just look ice cold in in. In in sort of that fight in Madison Square Garden and just dominate him in the way he dominated him. I think we need we really really need to recognize Leon as as one of one of the greatest English athletes in in this current time because the the commitment and the time and and just the effort that this guy puts in and what he's been through. I think it just needs to be recognized and and same with Tom Aspinall. I mean, Tom Aspinall. He, 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 what a year he had last year. He um fought uh he fought a fight on twelve days notice, um against Sergey Pavlovich, who who was one who is one of the hardest hitting heavyweights you you'll ever likely to to meet. Um, so taking that fight was very dangerous. But again, he knocks him out and he knocks him out comfortably. And he's so quick. He's so effective. And Tom Aspinall is one of the sort of front runners of what of this general new generation of this heavyweight division that I talked about earlier where we've never seen a heavyweight like Tom Aspinall he's changing the game of what it means to be a heavyweight because of how quick this cat is he's so quick he's so good at wrestling and again he's so well-rounded that put him in there against the John Jones he's He's um he, he's on Twitter at the minute and he and he's feel and he's feeling hard done by because he wants that fight against John Jones and he wants to prove that he can beat the greatest of all time, and I think it's up to sort of the um sports media within and also the well the mainstream media as well within England to recognise English MMA as as one of the front runners really within the sports industry because if you look at other sports i mean tell me what other english athletes are doing what what the ufc boys are doing right now i mean you you've got tom aspinall in the heavyweight division who's dominating and then you've got leon edwards who's dominating in in his division we've never had at the same time two english fighters who are doing what they're doing so i think we just need to give them the recognition they deserve and i feel i feel for the boys i really do um and they didn't get a nominee in sports personality. And I was like, okay, I don't really get what the point of the award is, but fine, if you if you don't want to recognise them, don't recognise them. But then when they also didn't get a mention in the New Year's Honours list, I, I had to say something because I'm like, these boys need to get some sort of recognition before they're, before they're not here anymore. And And God forbid we look back at a time and go, wow, those boys were one of the best english athletes we've ever had and yet we didn't we didn't appreciate them at the times do you think there's anything in particular within the media that might change this perspective is there anything sort of that might really 
throw UFC and MMA to the to the forefront of of the British of the sports. Yeah, well, I think the first the first thing you have to consider is having more events over here. I think the way the UFC works is predominantly the events are in America, but they do, and and they have done in the past year. They are trying to go more global in sort of having numbered events in particular, the the pay per view events, um, in different countries, and in England we tend to only get. Uh, traditionally one event a year and traditionally that's not even a pay-per-view event traditionally that's a fight night where um it's sort of you you put english fighters on the card and it's because we haven't had um since michael bisping uh english champions whereas now hopefully we start seeing with the likes of obviously leon edwards being welterweight champ and now tom being interim heavyweight champ we start to see uh, pay-per-view events come more to England. I think we'll definitely have at least one uh, in 2024. Um, but I'd like to see fight nights as well, a mix of fight nights and 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 um, sort of pay-per-view events and and in different places as well. Uh, Dana loves and tends to use the O2, but there's been um, and he doesn't really. He said he doesn't really like going to stadiums, so. But Tom's uh, been an advocate for going to Manchester and then Paddy wants to one time fight out of uh, Anfield. So so we could see that. And another thing to, to sort of with, within the mainstream media, I think there's just a stereotype, I think, at the minute with, with blood sports. I think blood sports and, and boxing as well have never really um sat well with the English media. I think, and especially nowadays, um, uh, to to avoid being too controversial, I think we're in a bit of a woke time at the minute where it's very um what let's put on on your TV um let let's put uh, uh let's sort of portray the sports um we want going out in TV that your grandmother would watch and and that your family would watch sort of those very family friendly PG sort of atmosphere and i think and i think and the thing is mma and ufc it isn't this brutal sort of aggressive sort of uh sport that that i think a lot of people have in their minds i think sort of people look when they think mma and when they think ufc they think oh no 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 that's too brutal elbows you can't be elbowing you can't be kneeing people but i think if people actually start to look into the sport and look into the art of the sport and actually look at sort of the level of competition and sort of the the rules and sort of how it is regulated. And I think the mainstream media have a job to play in changing the stereotypes. I think they've done a great job in, in sort of changing stereotypes within, as we, we mentioned, Mary Earps, within the women's, within women's football and the coverage they're getting um they've changed perceptions in in all in all sorts of things but i think mma is is still one of those things where they look at and they go do we do we want to bother trying to change perceptions um within mma and within the ufc and I, and 
if there's ever a time to put the time and effort into trying to change the perception around the UFC, it's now, considering the personalities, as we've just mentioned, the English personalities we have. I think if it doesn't happen now, I fear that it might not never happen. It might never happen because if you don't, if you don't sort of give the UFC and MMA the coverage now and, and sort of market Leon Edwards and Tom Aspinall, because they're very marketable people. They're such sound blokes, mate. And, and they're so, and, and, and Paddy and, and Molly over there. And you've got Nathaniel Wood as well. And, um, you've got so many just great, just great personalities, just n nice people. And you can look at other fighters within the UFC and Americans and, and, and other people and, and sort of go, you know what, they're good, they're good fighters and, and maybe they get the promo in America, but they're not actually nice people. Whereas we've got nice champions. We've actually got fighters who, when they go in their cage, they're nasty, they're, they're great, they're great fighters. But if you get them in front of a TV camera, mate, they'll be loved by fans because they're, they're genuinely, they're really nice people and you can really get into sort of their background. And as I said, Leon has his own background story with the unfortunate passing of his dad. And then Tom Aspinall's got a great story where his, his head coach is his dad. So, I mean, you can build into stories like that. And then there's a real opportunity for the mainstream media to sort of capitalise here. And I'm not, and look, I'm not saying put Leon Edwards on, on, on the billboard of Leicester Square. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, give him maybe a 10-minute feature package. Give, give him, I'm not, I'm not even saying he has to win sports personal, sports personality of the year. I'm just saying, just give him a, give him a nominee. Just, just recognise that he is here. And I think that's all the MMA fans and MMA fighters, especially English MMA fighters, we ju we just want that recognition. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely a, as you mentioned, a sort of almost sort of cycle in the way that if MMA and and UFC's not sort of in the forefront of, of media, people don't know who they are, so they don't really want to like sort of keep promoting it because it's sort of unknown athletes. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of mine, I'm sure a lot of the general public's perspective of UFC is, is maybe I, I saw a lot anyway of like knockout compilations and sort of flying elbows and and sort of. I know submissions and everything. So, do you think that there's almost maybe a problem with the way that UFC are trying to promote themselves that maybe offers a very different perspective from the way that maybe would be the best way of promotion in the UK? And there's perhaps almost a divergence away from the sort of British media to UFC. Yeah, the thing is, look, I'm saying all of this, but look, I get it. If boxing and MMA and being knocked out and being submitted isn't your thing, I do get it. I I get if you if you don't want to sort of, if you're of a sort of mindset of you don't want to see someone get knocked out and it's just not for you. And, and, I, and I totally get that. But what I'm trying to say is, but recognise it as a as a sport and recognise it as an art. And, and the thing is with the UFC, I think they have to sort of, they can't really shy away from, from the knockouts and the submissions. That's just part and parcel of the sport. Um... But I think for them, as I said about Leon and Tom, it's about 
in, the engagement of fans is really about sort of the backstory of the fighters and sort of what's their story? What's the fighter's story? Where do they come from? What's their what's their training being like? What sort of who do they train with? What every fighter has a story and that story can be told and it's up to media outlets to tell that story and i think at the minute it's only mma outlets that are really obviously bothering to to tell that story but yeah i think the ufc can work alongside um like the mainstream media and i think there are they uh, last year that the the business is growing to to a point which it's it's amazing for me to see really to be honest to to watch it from 2013 2015 to now and see the growth of the business it's honestly incredible they're linking up with with sort of mainstream content creators that they've got a promotion with with prime and they're doing their thing with ksi and logan paul they've got a content creator called nina who who's who's an influencer and they are trying to touch touch into sort of the um mainstream sort of uh, content creators and I, I think the way that MMA and, and the UFC um, in particular um, are, are going at the minute is look they know they're not going to be the most popular within mainstream media and, and within what I like to call sort of the basic TV of like the BBC and the ITVs and then they're, they're never they're never gonna at the minute um touch into those markets but what they're what they're trying to do is touch into different markets trying to touch into sort of the younger market um and the influencer market and the content creator market because then because then they can't be ignored and the records they are doing they will get to a point soon whether it's this year whether it's the next year where the mainstream media whether we still have english champs at that point they will they won't be able to ignore the UFC because the records they're breaking and the countries they're going to are just phenomenal um i mean what they went to I, I, just to rattle off a few they went to brazil england france france for the first time paris last year actually um and then this year they're going to saudi arabia for the first time they went to abu dhabi last year um, I'm sure I'm missing loads here, but yeah, they're going to Spain for the first time, um, and and they might have a Spanish champ in a couple of weeks actually, and that they just had the first South African champ in in Drakus, uh, Duplessis, um, so yeah, I mean, and 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 that's another thing. I think the more champs champions you can have from different countries, I think that will also obviously grow that sport within that country so then we will get to a point where we have had a south african champ where we've had a brazilian champ a english champ a french champ you know there's there's so many different sort of outlets and and sort of ways in which the ufc can sort of sort of market itself nowadays that i think countries are being more accepting to the fact of, of the ufc and mma and it's sort of at the minute, I saw a thing, a tweet the other day where it's sort of the UFC is the MMA community's little secret. Whereas, give it a couple year, 
give it a couple of years or, or two years, as I said, hopefully, I I hope that it will be in and amongst one of the biggest sports we, we see within the sports industry and especially within the UK and England. Over the past sort of five years, the or I seem to have found that the biggest way sports seem to have grown and it's worked really well for F1 have been these sort of documentaries coming through Netflix and Prime, All or Nothing, Drive Survive probably being the, the biggest success story that's really grown in Britain in particular and, and America as well, probably be one of the most popular sports, 18 to 25 year old sort of demographic. Do you think that a sort of Netflix, Amazon Prime style documentary that really could show the the sort of personalities behind UFC might really push it to the to the forefront? Yeah, massively, massively. I mean, as you said, Drive to Survive and, and Breakpoint now with, with the, the tennis. I think that does get a lot of fans who aren't interested in in those sports just just watching the documentary because it's sports like for me for me for example i wasn't a massive fan of f1 watch drive to survive get get me watching every season do you know what i mean um and they have tried things like this the ufc they have this ongoing reality tv show uh called the ultimate fighter which they've been doing since uh probably the early early 2010s i think maybe even earlier but that's been a show which it's been good, but it's never really taken off. It's basically a big brother type show where you have two coaches who are fighters um, and then you get sort of other other fighters who are fighting across America in, in lowly gyms uh, all in one house who have to fight each other. And then at the end of it, the fighter, the, the winner gets a UFC contract. And it's been good. It it, it it's got um decent reception uh back, but it's never really taken off in into mainstream media, which which I do get because I think the format can be changed a little bit. Um, we 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 have Jake Gyllenhaal and and Conor McGregor actually bringing out a movie um soon. So and and uh that was one of the scenes in that is is was actually is going to be from a, a UFC press conference Dana White's going to make his first acting debut even if it is for 10 seconds but i think movies movies like that can help um but yeah definitely i think i mean i haven't even really thought about it but you could really do actually a, a very good all or nothing sort of type a documentary on sort of you could base it around the UFC card and sort of get fighters talking about their experience and 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 stuff like that but i think with that the problem you might have is amazon and netflix um giving the green light to to allow it to be on their platform because as i've said there's still this stereotype uh, around bl- the blood sports where do mainstream organizations like Netflix and like the Amazons want to promote um, combat sports in, in that way? I'm not too sure, but I think definitely documentaries like that that can help. Particularly, I think for for the younger generation who would be most likely to to get into UFC and, and be interested within it, I think maybe maybe that is the best option. And another another option, I guess, the final question is as you've already touched on him, but but Logan Paul and, and maybe more for the WWE side of things who have just been or just joined forces with UFC. Do you think maybe having YouTube, UFC, YouTube MMA could be a, a future possibility or is it almost that actually UFC is too specialised a sport compared to, to boxing where, where it is really starting to become a thing? 
Yeah, me and Oscar on our pod, our pod talked about it a lot. This sort of influencer boxing thing that's sort of been the uh been sort of the trend in in the past couple of years. Look, we see a lot of MMA fighters uh, or influencers go into boxing, but we've never seen a boxer or an influencer go into MMA. Um, and I think that is predominantly due to the fact of, and this might trigger a lot of uh, boxing fans if they're listening, but boxing's a a easier sport to um, grasp in terms of you can pick up the basics quickly not you you won't necessarily be good but you can pick up the basics of boxing pretty quickly and then have a fight and 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 it be and it go okay whereas if you try and do that in mma you are go if you have say a year's training of mma that still will not be enough for you to hold your own in an octagon um you need a good two, three, four years to even be able to step into an octagon, especially if you're facing a fighter who has had that experience. I think look, influencer boxing works because it's boxing. I, I don't think it'll it I don't think it would work if it was MMA. And that's why we haven't seen any fighters go the the reverse way. And I think the perfect example example of that is Francis Ngannou, who was one of the best heavyweights within the UFC and and now has gone over to, to boxing and he's making waves over there fighting the likes of Fury and now Anthony Joshua. So I think you can sort of you can sort of pick up the basics of and of, of boxing quicker than MMA. And that's no disrespect to boxing. That's that's just how it is just because of all the as I as I, as I said at the start of one of your first questions, how technical of a sport MMA is you just ha- you have to train and you have to give it the commitment you you need of otherwise it, it you you're gonna be choked out and you're gonna be knocked out and that and that's just the facts of it in terms of the the WWE deal I think it's a massive deal for the UFC it is a massive deal because I think that they've always been um they've always had a good relationship the UFC with the likes of Brock Lesnar coming over to the to the UFC and and Ronda Rousey and CM Punk and they've always had a great relationship and i think Vince McMahon and Dana White are ve- are two personalities who are very similar they're very they love the sports and the industries they're in and they they're fan they they are actually they're not just a business person but they are, they are actually a fan of the business they're running and i think that really comes through in the decisions they make and now them joining forces will will only will only grow both businesses tenfold really and i think you can sort of yes they're come together but i think they the audiences are actually very different i think you get a different audience watching the wwe than you get watching the ufc but the hope that I think that that they're they're trying to to achieve is you get sort of WWE audience and and then they might watch watch an MMA fight and and go oh do you know what I actually quite like this and vice versa. So I think it's a I think it's a big deal to be honest. And and uh, you mentioned Logan Paul there. Obviously, Primer are are one of the biggest sponsors within the UFC. Um, and then obviously his brother Jake Paul is uh doing his own thing in, in boxing. But 
hey, look, I'd like to see an influencer or or a boxer come over to um come over to the UFC and come over to MMA. Um, because I'd 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 just like to see to see how they to see how they do. Tyson Fury was uh was was maybe rumoring was rumoring it uh, a couple years ago because he was training with uh Darren Till there for a bit and Deontay Wilder maybe he said that maybe one day you can see him in an octagon but hey I, I'd like to see it um I don't think it'll happen anytime soon um but yeah I, I mean if you can get an influencer coming over to the UFC maybe it would work but the thing is. Dana White, I don't think would ever would for now would ever do that because he's he's always and this may be a fault on his part, he's always dismissed influencer boxing. He's always said, look, we do the real fighting. We put the real fights together. We don't put that circus together. And I think he's very dismissive of, of influencer boxing. And to be honest, I think it's because he's seen the bru- the brutality and sort of the commitment that these fighters within the UFC put towards their 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 trade and their art. And I think they Dana sort of sees it as a bit disrespectful that these influencers think they're real fighters, considering all the years and and the dedication that these MMA athletes have, have put towards the sport. So. Look, influencer boxing, it, it's fun, it's cool, but I think you have to take it with a with a bit of a pinch of salt, which credit to the influencers and, and, and the YouTubers. I, I, I have nothing against it. Credit to them get, getting their money, getting their bag, um, and they've found their market there. But you also have to look at it and go, if you want to watch real fighting of a, of a high elite level, then, then you watch boxing and the UFC. No, amazing. Thanks, Sam, so much. It's been great uh, hearing all of the, the great insights of, of British boxing, uh, British MMA, sorry, uh, and, and the future of MMA generally. Mate, top man. Good luck with, with uh, the future episodes, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you all so much for listening, and make sure you head over and follow us on social media. It's pitchside underscore podcast on Instagram and Toby Reynolds 10 underscore on TikTok and Twitter. Make sure you also head over to the Sports Gazette website to read articles from all of our pundits and writers here at the Sports Gazette. Make sure you like the podcast and give it a rating, it really does help. And make sure to join us next time on Pitchside with Toby Reynolds. Sports Social Podcast Network.